This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. ونعود بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمد عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يتع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعض فإن خير الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محتثاتها وكل محتثة بدعة Today, inshallah, is our first lesson in explaining the book of one of the greatest imams of Al-Islam, one of the greatest ulama of the muhaddithin. And he is a personality that students of knowledge know about and people who are engaged in knowledge, they know about. But he's not a person who the a'wam, the ammat al-ummah, the regular people of the Ummah don't know about him, and we want to take this opportunity, inshallah, azawajal, to bring him to the forefront and to the attention of many of you in an attempt to always connect you with the ulama of this Ummah, especially the great ulama of the Salaf. We're going to deal with his book that is called Kitab As-Sunnah. Some people called it Asulu Sunnah as well. And he's none other than Al-Imam Abu Bakr, Abdullah ibn Zubair ibn Isa al-Humaydi, al-Humaydi. People know him as al-Imam al-Humaydi. And the Humaydiyun, the people with this particular tribe connection, al-Humaydi, there are many scholars. So al-Imam al-Dhahibi used to call him al-Humaydi al-Kabir because he's bigger than everybody else who is attached to that particular group of people, that tribe. Al-Imam Al-Humaydi, again Abu Bakr, Abdullah ibn Zubair Al-Humaydi. That name Abdullah ibn Zubair, one of the ways you can remember this name, it is the same name as one of the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had a companion, his name was Abdullah ibn Zubair. And he was the son of Az-Zubair ibn Awam, one of the ten people promised Jannah. Az-Zubair ibn Awam, Married Asma, the daughter of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, radiyallahu anhum wa ardahum, ajma'een. And from Az-Zubair and Asma came their son, Abdullah ibn Zubair. And this son, Abdullah ibn Zubair, 
He's known in the circles of knowledge for many things. He's one of the Abadila, Abadila, the four companions whose name was Abdullah, and they had narrated the majority of the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. At the top of the list is Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As, and then Abdullah ibn Umar, and then Abdullah ibn Abbas, and then Abdullah ibn Zubair, the Abadila. As for Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, may Allah be pleased with all of them, he is not from the Abadila. And he is a great scholar in his own right, and he is from the Qur'an of the companions, those who were prolific in reading the Qur'an. As it relates to this particular imam, a lot can be said about him, but we're not getting deep into his biography because you have to be inspired to go and to look at Wikipedia and to look on Google and to look at your own resources to find out more about him. Tremendous scholar. So before getting into the book, I just want to mention a few brief things about him so that people can know who he is and can appreciate the weight of this man. Keeping in line with the statement of the Tabi'i, Muhammad ibn Sirin, rahmatullahi alayhi, and other than him. Ibn Sirin said, this knowledge is your religion. So pay attention to who you take your knowledge from. Because whoever you choose to take your knowledge from, that's who you're choosing to take your religion from. And the Salaf were a group of people who were not really easy when it came to taking knowledge from every Amr, Bakr, and Zaid. You have to take knowledge from the people of knowledge. As it relates to Al-Imam Al-Humaydi, Rahmatullahi Alayhi, Al-Imam Ahmed said about him, Al-Humaydi andana Imam. Al-Humaydi to us is an Imam. And usually when you find the ulama of the salaf saying or writing in their works, their books and their literature, such and such, indana, this thing with us is usually talking about the people of hadith or the people of the sunnah. So Imam Ahmed said to the people of the sunnah and to the people of al-hadith, al-humaydi is an imam. So this is a very important point, Ikhwani, because it is an example of a scholar giving the tazkiyah to another scholar. A scholar making ta'deel of another scholar. How do we know who the ulama are? We know who the ulama are because the other ulama tell us that they're ulama. The Prophet wasallam, he was the greatest scholar of this ummah. And he told us, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, aqda ummati Ali ibn Abi Talib. The one who is the best judge in our ummah is Ali. So the Prophet sallallahu is telling the people that this man is a scholar when it comes to judging. He said, a'lam ummati bil halal wal haram mu'adh ibn Jabal. The companion of, that knows the most and the best about what's halal and what's haram is mu'adh ibn Jabal. So again, a classic case of the Prophet, a scholar, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, telling us who the other scholar is. He says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Quran min arba'in. Learn the Quran. He told this to his companions. Told this to all of those awliyat. Learn the Quran from four of my companions. And he mentioned Ubay ibn Kaab, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, and from Mu'adh ibn Jabal, and from Salim 
the Mawla of Abu Hudayfa, Rahmatullahi alayhim wa radiyallahu anhum wa ardahum ajma'een. So when we tell you that Al-Imam Ahmed said that Al-Humaydi is an Imam, why is it important? Because everybody knows the position of Al-Imam Ahmed. It's a scholar giving tazkiyah to a person. Also another example of that is Al-Imam Al-Bukhari. And everybody knows Al-Imam Al-Bukhari. Al-Imam Al-Bukhari said about Al-Humaydi, huwa min kibar al-imma. Al-Humaydi is from the major scholars, the major and the great imams in Al-Islam. And to show you how much Al-Bukhari respected him and checked for him and honored him, is that you know the most authentic book on the face of the earth after the Quran is Sahih al-Bukhari. The very first hadith of Imam al-Bukhari, the very first hadith, and the very first hadith, has a lot of fiqh connected to it. Why did Imam al-Bukhari put this hadith first? It's important from the angle of the chain of narration, why he did it, and it's important as well from the metan and the meaning of the hadith. So in that very first chain of narration, the sheikh of Bukhari in that first trans- that first narration is Imam al-Humaydi. And the hadith in question, I think you all know, you should have been conjuring it up in your mind. What is the first hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari? What is it? It is, The deeds will be judged by the intention. So that's the first hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari. And in that chain of narration, everybody in that chain of narration, from Umar radiallahu anhu, all the way to Al-Imam al-Bukhari, all of the narrators are from Mecca. And the last hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari, is the hadith kalimatan khafifatani ala lisan thaqilatani fil mizan subhanallah wa bihamdihi subhanallah al-azim two words dhikrs that you can make at any time at all times during the days of the 10 days of dhul hijjah that we're in right now today is the day of arafat that we're starting this particular talk arafat in the year 1441 so, as it relates to this hadith, is dua, two dhikrs, two words you could say that are very light and easy to say on the tongue. And they're very heavy in the scales. And they are loved by ar-Rahman is when a person says, subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanallah al-azim. That's the last hadith in Al-Imam al-Bukhari's book. And in the chain of narration, from Al-Imam al-Bukhari, all the way up to the companion who narrated that hadith, there are people who come from Al-Madina. So the scholars have a long discussion and a long discourse. Why did Al-Imam Bukhari put this one first and that one last? And just on that topic alone shows you the depth and the wealth, the, the wealth of knowledge that's connected with the knowledge of hadith. May Allah Azza wa make us of Ahlul Hadith haqqa. So Al-Imam Al-Humaydi was praised by many of the scholars. They said that he was on par with Al-Imam Ishaq ibn Ibrahim Rahuya, and on par with Al-Imam Shafi'i, Rahmatullahi Ta'ala Ali. He was the Imam of his time, the scholar of his time, and the scholars praised him, Rahmatullahi Ta'ala Ali. As it relates to the book, as I said, it is called Kitab As-Sunnah, Kitab As-Sunnah. 
And he deals with the usul of the sunnah that Ahlul Sunnah believe in. Those things that are connected to the aqid of the Muslim, that the people of innovation went against the haq, and the people of the sunnah, they canonize these issues in order to help protect the sacred knowledge of al-Islam and protect the Muslims from going astray. And it's a short treatise. It's not a very long book. He only deals with seven, eight, or maybe nine, if you stretch it out, seven or eight fundamentals that he's mentioning. And they're very short. The book, Kitab al-Sunnah, if you were to see the makhtuta of it, the actual manuscript, when it starts off, it doesn't start off with Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. And you know, whenever we are learning from the scholars, they read the book and the scholars take time out to explain the basmala, the virtues of it and so forth and so on. The ahadith that are coming to us in its regard. So the scholars of Islam used to start their letters and their books off with Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. They said one of the reasons that they did that is because it was from the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam that if he wrote a letter to someone who was of importance, a leader, he would start his letter off with Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. As for the ahadith in this regard, then they have kalam in them. The book of al-Sunnah by Imam al-Humaydi, it doesn't start off with Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. The one that's in the makhtut, the one that's a manuscript, but if someone comes now in Arabic, in English, they may put Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, but it was not originally there. It's no big deal, but it's an important point connected to the book. And that book is this. And Imam al-Humaydi had another very important book. It's very important. Maybe even more important than the book that we'll be studying. And it's a book of hadith called the Musnad of al-Humaydi. He had a musnad, and the masanid are many. The greatest musnad is the musnad of al-Imam Ahmed. But there are other masanid. So al-Imam al-Humaydi, he had a book, and he has one right now, two volumes. The musnad of al-Humaydi, and it's a book of hadith. The very last chapter of his book, al-Musnad, is this book, Kitab al-Sunnah. So it's a chapter from the chapters of the Musnad, but people took it out of the Musnad and they made it a book that's mustaqal, it's by itself. Mustaqal, it's by itself, it's independent. But you should know that, that Kitab al-Sunnah by Imam al-Humaydi can originally find its place in his Musnad, rahmatullahi ta'ala alayhi. As for his minhaj in the book, because many of the scholars have written books about the sunnah and usulu sunnah and the i'tiqad and beliefs of ahl sunnah many of the scholars have done that. And they have different manahij, different methodologies. Al-Humaydi, what did he do in this short book, this treatise that he did, his minhaj? His minhaj is whenever he wants to mention from the usul of the sunnah is that we should believe this and we should believe that and we should believe this, Sometimes he would bring the dalil from the Quran and the Sunnah to prove that point. Sometimes he would do that. And that's always the best thing. And sometimes he would say, this thing is from the usul of the Sunnah, and he wouldn't present any dalil. One of the reasons for that is the dalil is well known. It doesn't need a dalil. And if you want a dalil, it's easy to find. So sometimes he would say, this particular thing 
is from what we believe, and he doesn't bring any delil for it. And that's why we're explaining the book. The third thing that we mentioned about his methodology in the book is sometimes when he establishes things that are from the sunnah, he will say, such as such a scholar said this, like Al-Imam Malik, he gave that as an example. Also, Sufyan ibn Uyayna would say this, and he would write that. And that goes to show how we have to respect the positions of the ulama without making taqlid. There has been some kalam that went around one of the great books that is similar to this book of Al-Imam Al-Humaydi, and it's the book of Al-Imam uh, Al-Barbahari, Al-Imam Abu Muhammad. Ali ibn Hassan al-Barbahari rahmatullahi alayhi. People come from the west, from the east, from the north, from the south, Arabs, non-Arabs, and they say, you know this book, Sharh al-Sunnah, Sharh al-Sunnah of al-Imam al-Barbahari, it's not really to him. It's to a man who is weak in narrations. La ya akhi, la. The scholars of al-Islam, like al-Imam al-Zahabi, like al-Imam Abu Ya'la, and other than them, those scholars, they are the ones of Asanid. They know who has a book and who doesn't have a book. And if there is some kalam about the authenticity of a book being connected to this person or that person, the scholars of a hadith are going to be the first ones who come and make the tahqiq of that mas'ala. And not just anybody who comes and reads something here, reads something there, and they make tarqib of something and start to make people doubt in the knowledge of al-Islam. So that is Bikhtisar, the Minhaj of Imam al Humaydi, Rahmatullahi alayhi. Before we get into the book, Ikhwani, this book, as I mentioned, is one of the books that we should be connected to and we should know about it. And because of its short nature, I would advise it. And that's why we're doing it right here, inshallah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. We go on now and we begin. الإمام الحميدي رحمة الله تعالى عليه said السنة عندنا the سنة to us is that a person a man should believe in the قدر the good of it and the evil of it the sweet of it and the sour of it and that a person has to know that whatever hit him it can never have missed him and whatever missed him it can never have hit him and that, all of it, is from the qadha of Allah, is what Allah has decreed and what Allah chose, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's the first point that he means. He brings al-iman in al-qadr. Al-iman in al-qadr. And we'll explain why. But before doing that, inshallah, azawajal, let me mention, the people of innovation went astray, as I mentioned earlier, so these scholars came and explained to the Muslims the correct aqidah so we don't go astray. And showing the importance of this issue of al-Qadr al-Imam. Al-Imam al-Humaydi made it the first point. The first point. So I want to say to every Muslim out there, especially the new reverts and the young brothers and sisters, where people are chiseling at our Islamic identity and the knowledge of al-Islam on a daily basis. Some people knowingly and willingly and other people unknowingly. Like a person who comes and starts to make tashkik, make people doubt in a book like Sharh Sunnah. I appreciate the importance of being scholastic and researching and getting to the bottom of things. But in terms of jumping out on front street and you're a young person 
and you were just a prick. Come on, you have to take your time. Take the issue back to the ulama, get it understood, and then after that, maybe present it. But don't be a mujtahid and jump out there and make people doubt their religion. And Imam Al-Humaydi said, As-sunnah indana. As-sunnah indana. Sunnah, the word sunnah, it has many meanings in Al-Islam. Many meanings of sunnah. You can go back to Google and you can put in there definitions of a sunnah. We're not going to get into that because we're not trying to get that deep. But what did Al-Imam Al-Humaydi mean? First of all, let me say one of the meanings of the sunnah, if you read, you hear the sunnah, one of the meanings of the sunnah is Al-Islam, the whole religion. A sunnah can mean the whole religion of Al-Islam. Doesn't just mean the Quran and the sunnah or the sunnah. No, it means the whole religion. The Prophet, he says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Man raghiba an sunnati falaysa minni. Anyone who abandons my sunnah, he's not from me. This hadith is not talking about anyone who abandons the miswak, as most of us don't do the miswak. This hadith is not talking about anyone who abandons the nafil prayer, qiyamul layl, witr, that he's not. No, it's not talking about that. Unless the person's being negligent, he just doesn't do it ever, and he doesn't believe in it, then that's a problem. But it's not talking about that. Those things are the sunnah, the fast Monday and Thursday. So the one who abandons my sunnah means the one who abandons my religion. Another example of that is that the Prophet told the people in the hadith of Al-Irbad ibn Sariya radiyallahu anhu wa ardahu wa sallallahu wa sallam ala nabiyyina. He told the people about the importance of taking the sunnah during the time of trials and tribulations. And he said, take my sunnah and the sunnah of the Khulafa Rashidin al-Mahdiyin. Take the sunnah of the Prophet. What? The religion. The whole religion. So that's one of the meanings of the sunnah. Al-Islam that was revealed and given to the Prophet ﷺ. But when Al-Imam Ahmed mentioned in his book, Usul sunnah when Al-Imam Al-Humaydi mentions here, As-Sunnah Indana, what they're referring to is the Aqidah the aqidah of al-Islam. As-sunnah here means al-aqidah. What should the person believe and what do we believe? And then he said, as-sunnah to indana. The sunnah is with us. Who is al-imam Ahmed talking about when he said, with us, al-humaydi is an imam. Al-humaydi is not an imam with people of a tasawwif, for an example, he's not an imam of the people of a tashayr, who curse the companions, People who are Qur'aniyun, who don't pay attention to, they don't pay attention at all to the sunnah. What he's referring to is the sunnah indana, the sunnah with the people of al-hadith. People who follow the aqidah of the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam or radiyallahu anhum ajma'in and the people who came after them. May Allah ta'ala have rahmah upon all of them. It is the masail of al-i'tiqad, those issues of aqidah that the people of the sunnah believe in and they hold on to. And there are a number of books that were written like this, like the sunnah, usul sunnah of al-imam Ahmed. His son, Abdullah ibn Ahmed, has a book called Kitab al-Sunnah. Al-imam al-Khalal, he has a book called Kitab al-Sunnah. Ibn Abi Asim has a book called As-Sunnah. 
Al-Imam Al-Albani did the takhrij of the hadith for both of those books by Al-Imam Ibn Abi Asim as well as by Al-Imam Al-Khalal, at least for sure, I'm sure of that. So many of those books had those names, Asul Al-Sunnah by Al-Imam Al-Barbahari, Al-Imam Abu Hatim, Al-Razi Abu Zura, Zura Al-Hatim, they collaborated and made a book, Aslu Sunnah, that's just as small like this, but just as important. So as it relates to that, we have to understand it's talking about the Sunnah. He went on to mention, Ikhwani, that the Sunnah with the people of a Salafiya, and the Salafiya meaning, understanding the Quran, the Sunnah, the Aqidah, this religion, the way the companions, and not a group of people or a person, nothing to do with that. The theology of the people of the Sunnah is that a man has to believe in the Qadr, the good of it, the bad of it, the sweet of it, and the sour of it. As it relates to Al-Qadr, Al-Imam Al-Humaydi brought this issue and he made it the first issue in his book. Again, one of the reasons of Tartib, when you put things in aura, it shows the importance. So when the Prophet would mention things, many times he would mention it in the aura of its importance. The 10 people promised Jannah. He didn't start off with Ali ibn Abi Talib, Uthman. He started off with Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, and Ali. So if someone were to ask you, what are the arkan of Islam? You bring the tartib, a shahada, a salat, a zakat, a sawm al-hajj. You ask a Muslim, what are the five arkan of Islam? The person says, hajj. He's correct. Fasting. He's correct. But we have to pay attention to the tartib. It's important. As it relates to the qadr, the scholars of Islam placed a lot of attention on this issue of al-qadr. Al-Imam al-Barbahari mentioned in his book, Al-Imam Ahmed mentioned in his book, Al-Imam al-Humaydi mentions it first in his book. All of the books of hadith are dealing with it. In addition to that, those scholars wrote books that were independent. They were just mustaqilla, they're by themselves, just about the qadr. Like the great scholar of al-hadith, al-Imam al-Firyabi, he has a book called Kitab al-Qadr. Al-Imam al-Bayhaqi, he has a book called Kitab al-Qadha wal-Qadr. Uh, Al-Imam Ibn Al-Qayyim has a tremendous book called Shifa Al-Alil Fi Masail Al-Qadr Al-Qadha Wal-Qadr Wal-Hikmah Wal-Ta'lil Commonly known as Shifa Al-Alil All of these books are books where the scholars wrote in detail to help the people from going astray because I tell you if you want to go astray then mess around with the mas'ala of al-qadr. That's why Abdullah ibn, Abdullah ibn Abbas used to tell people, when they asked a lot of questions about the qadr, how is it, why is it, why did Allah let this happen, why did Allah give him all of that money, and look what he allowed to happen to the Uyghur Muslims in China, why? Why is this happening over here with the Muslims over here, and what's going on, and look at this non-Muslim is doing that, why, why? And people start to doubt their religion because of the qadr. You mean to tell me, I'm going to do and live my life and everything is already written, then how can you blame me? No, those companions didn't deal with it like that. So the scholars came and they wrote about these issues to help protect the Muslims from falling into this. So it is an important issue. And then Imam Al-Humaydi, he brought it as the first point. The point that he mentioned was that a man has to believe in the qadr, the good of it and the bad of it the good of it and the bad of it. 
There is an authentic hadith that says you have to believe in the good and the bad of the qadr. And there are some hadith that say you have to believe in the sweet of the qadr and the sour of the qadr. Those hadith are not authentic. None of them are authentic. But many of the scholars of the salaf, they used to say that. Many ulama have said that. So as it relates to the qadr, those things that fall on you, the divine decree, there is the qadr that is sweetness, like getting married, for an example, like having a baby, for an example, like eating a nice meal that came your way. And then there's the qadr that is, that the qadr that is good, the qadr that you're on al-Islam, that you went to Jannah, that you are doing ibadah. And then there's the evil qadr, murdering someone, doing something evil. And then there's the sweet qadr, the hulu of the, the halal of the qadr. Like I mentioned, getting married, those good things that happened to you when you were living in your life. And then there is the sour, the marara of the qadr, having migraine headaches, getting cancer. That's from the marara because it's not easy to deal with that. So those are the four issues of the qadr that we need to understand. Inshallah, this is the introduction that we wanted to give. And in the next class, we'll complete this first point of the qadr that Imam Al-Humaydi has mentioned as the first article in his book. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله إلا أنت أستغفرك وأتوب إليك والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.